Hey guys, and welcome back to Talking with Shadows, the conversation everyone has, but no one wants to admit to. Here with your host, Vic Whaley. And Marcus D. And guys, the first thing we want to do is give a big shout out to our newest patron, Barbara. Thank you, Barbara, for joining the coolest club out there. Yes, Barbara's been a fan of the channel and the, and the podcast for a good while, We've and has commented on numerous of our videos, so we are super, super excited for Barbara to join our patron family. And a real big shout out to uh, Charles in our last episode for coming on and telling all those stories and everybody else who made that episode probably one of our most popular episodes that we've done so far. Oh yeah, thank you so much Charles and I wasn't kidding about having you back at some point. I really enjoyed interviewing you and you you just have so you have such a wealth of stories to talk about. I love it when we get a chance to share people's personal stories of the paranormal. I mean it really brings it down to earth for me when I meet a person and they start telling me about their at their different stories and things that have happened to them that are just bizarre, weird or whatever. And it's just, it's just something that all connects us together. Cause we've all had these weird stories. Actually, speaking of that, we need some people to donate some of your paranormal stories because we're going to do another uh, stories by candlelight where Ellie comes on and, you know, reads off a few stories uh, that was actually a patron request. Yeah, uh, and, and we always want to do the stuff that our patrons ask us to do. And it's really, really cool. If you've never heard them before, uh, you know, uh, Vic's wife, Ellie, uh, reads people's personal accounts in the paranormal. She reads their stories. And it sounds really great because uh, me and Vic have terrible voices. And she is an amazing reader. Yes, voice. she does. Yeah, I think we have two of them up already, so if you want to go back and check those out, you probably should. Yeah. But so if you have a story, please, please, please send it in to us. And what would be the best way for them to send it? Honestly, you guys can send them to us however you guys keep in touch with us. If it's on Instagram, Twitter, email it to us, send it to us on our Facebook, send it to us through YouTube. It, send a carrier pigeon. Yeah. Smoke signals. It's it's all it's all good to us because we'll, we'll get it and we're going to add it. Um, we'll, we'll add it in there. It's no problem. And the black bag tip of the day is when they come for you, smack them in the face with a nice bottle of French lick wine, <laughs> because I happen to have a half a bottle of French lick wine left and we're going to be drinking that during this episode. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a local winery here in Indiana and I absolutely love their stuff. We're going to be drinking one of their cranberry wines today. Yes. To alcohol, the cause and solution to all, all of life's, life's problems. problems. That is... The best quote from The Simpsons ever. Clink. Cheers to all of you guys. Yeah, I very rarely ever have half-drank bottles of wine around. <laughs> usually, uh, usually if I open up a bottle of wine, I usually finish it that night. But I don't know, I, I guess like I opened this one up and just really didn't feel like finishing the whole thing. Well, I love drinking while we're doing the podcast because I think it relaxes us. And I mean, it, it creates kind of like a, I don't know, like a homely vibe while we're we're sitting here talking about stuff in the paranormal. And coming over for today's episode, I'm thinking, oh, we'll just drink those beers that we didn't finish <laughs> with, uh, with Charles because we had like half of them left. Nope, apparently Ellie found them. <laughs> <laughs> and they and are gone. <laughs> they are gone. <laughs> Oh, goodness. <gasps> oh, yeah. 
And I'm finally happy to get to actually reading some fan-submitted questions from some of our episodes. You guys probably noticed in our last episode we didn't get to do that. That was because we uh, recorded the interview with Charles about two days after our Black Stickman episode we went up. So we wanted to make sure you guys got some chances to uh, post some comments. So the first one that we're going to do, the first fan-submitted comment we're going to do, comes to us from Creepy California. Man, thank you so much for coming. You're probably our most, our most consistent commenter. I would, I agree. I agree. You keep it up, Creepy California. Creepy California says, "What if these stick people aren't used to our gravity or the energy the planet or dimension is giving off? So that's why they have trouble moving. For why they're here, I got nothing." Well, I'm at a loss on the why they're here, but that does make a lot of sense on why their locomotion wouldn't work. I mean. We we are very well adapted to our local environment. And like if you threw a human in a place where just a few of those variables were tweaked, we would not move correctly. No, we would like if you put us like on Jupiter where the gravity is like so dense. Actually I don't even think we'd walk around. We'd probably just cr be crushed to death. I or think about it like this, the fish that are used to living in uh, the abyssal deaths. If you bring them up here, their body's so used to pushing against all that pressure, they just kind of bleh and kind of pop. They explode? It's more like they ooze apart. Let's say it's, it's not going to be like fire and stuff <laughs> like that. But it's more like they kind of do a little thing. It's hard for me not to imagine exploding fish coming up from the depths of the abyss. Well, that, that's only going to exist in your imagination, man. There's, to the best of my knowledge, there's no fish that's going to actually truly explode like, <laughs> like an exploding barrel in a video game. Which I'm assuming is what you're imagining. Alright, uh, next comes... Uh, next, up, next comment comes from Ken Bator. I think I said that right. Uh, he also commented on our Black Stickman episode. Uh, Ken said, perhaps we see them as stickmen because that's the part that is moving through 3D space. Half serious here. Um, you know, I agree. I think that kind of goes uh, a little bit kind of what I was uh, kind of what I was going at, I think, in the episode where the reason why we see them as stickmen is because they're not really moving entirely through the dimensions that we can kind of see. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, I start to get a headache when I start thinking about how we're supposed to be able to perceive something of an upper dimension. And I've had people say that it would be almost like they were flickering in and out or we'd only see like certain segments of them because we couldn't really perceive the rest of it. Hmm. And our last comment that we're going to give a shout out to uh, actually is one that was commented on the interview we did with Charles. And I think this comment pretty much just sums up, I think, entirely how we feel about Charles and the episode in general. Uh, this one comes from Aries1109. It says, I'm from the same reservation as Charles, the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation. I believe I believe everything he has said. The house I grew up in had, an, oh, had a resident ghost, and I have seen countless weird things and creatures while I lived there on the reservation. That would not surprise you. Based on some of the stories Charles has told us, man, yeah, it, it, can, it can get pretty nuts. That's pretty much just what he said. Was he said that literally everybody that lives there has had numerous uh, paranormal experiences. Yeah, and he's told us a lot of stories that we did not get to on the podcast. And I have a feeling he has a lot more we still even haven't heard. <laughs> so I definitely want to have him back I know, on I, again. I can't wait to have him back so he can kind of give us some more really cool stories. Speaking of that, do you know who else we should have back on? Ricky? 
Yeah, I was going to say, we, we should have back on Ricky. Yeah. And I would like to also, probably not too soon, but at some point I'd like to interview Justin again as well. I would too. And knock once for yes. Essentially everybody that we've had on so far that we've interviewed. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I could have surmised it by just saying we should have everybody back on again. That's that's kind of given, we we're kind of giving ourselves kind of like a pat on the back for bringing on really interesting people. I don't, I don't know. I just, we, we've met a lot of interesting people in the paranormal, so, and, we, and don't worry guys, we have tons of other people uh, in order to be able to bring on to give you guys some more really cool stories too. Yeah, that's one of the problems about bringing people back on is we have a pretty large list oh, yeah. of people who haven't been on yet. We could probably do this show just as straight up interviews, but I don't think that's quite what yeah. we'd want to do. And we could probably record every single day, which is, I think is what you guys probably want to hear. But uh, hey, I, hey, if we get enough patrons yeah. that we do not have to go to our day job, I would be totally. Yeah, we will, okay we will do this twenty four seven for you guys. So I would much rather be doing this yes. than my day job. Yes, I would. Me too. Okay, guys, the last thing that we want to do before we get into today's episode is something that I think has taken a very long time to do, too long to get to. You know, every single podcast or, you know, YouTube that's about the paranormal or anything, really, they've got, you know, names for their fans. And we don't, and we're starting to get jealous. Yeah, we, and I think, I, I want to apologize for that, that it's taken us this long to kind of come around to trying to come up with a name for our fans but you know me and Vic were spitballing ideas about what we would love to call you guys and uh we're morons yeah we, <laughs> we, could, yeah. we could not come up with something good. yeah I we couldn't come up with any any like thing that we really like so what we thought we do as a way to show how much we love our fans how much we love you guys we thought we would love you guys to actually submit ideas so what we thought we'd do is we'd have you guys comment below and you can, you can put it anywhere that you want to put it below. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, comment it below. If you've seen this from Twitter, uh, just comment on our Twitter. If you're a patron and watching on this comment on the Patreon, anywhere you do it, comment a name that you guys think that we should call our fan base. And because if not, we're gonna have to come up with one, and it won't be nearly as good. No, nowhere near as good as you guys. And what you, what we'll do is, once once we've gotten like a good handful of names, we'll we'll go through and we'll pick the ones that we like, and then we're gonna put up uh, a poll for you guys to vote on the official name for our fans. But for now, let's get into our topic of today. Yes. So. Uh, I we thought that what today we would talk about gates to hell. That's something that there's always rumors about them around, but you don't really ever hear people talking that much about them. Yeah, at least you know for me, like when I'm when I'm researching like a gate to hell, there are so many. Oh yeah, this we had to kind of tighten our focus on this one because mm -hmm. this could be multiple podcasts this could be a series yeah because i mean oh my god i mean ever since like humanity i think has like first come up with the idea of like myth legends religion anything and all like that there have been places that people have believed are the gateways to hell 
But today, we're mainly going to be focusing on some modern ones, because there are tons of them throughout history. And those of you who are veterans of our channel, you probably know that we've covered some of these before. Mm -hmm. Like, we've covered Stull, Kansas in the past. We've covered the Purple Church. Mm -hmm. And if you're interested in those, go back and check yeah. out those case files. Yeah, and I think, like, early stories of, like, gateways to hell are usually some sort of, like, natural phenomenon. Like, a volcano a giant hole in the ground. I mean, I think even Siberia has just a massive opening in the ground where like just gas just erupts and like is just on fire and it just is a 24 seven inferno. Oh yeah. And you can find mentions to them in a lot of the old epics too. Mm -hmm. And like, Oh God, I love the mid medieval depictions of the hell mouths where it's like a giant wolf's head coming out of the ground <laughs> with like flames and demons running out of it. You can find that in a lot of medieval art. When it comes to art, like, my favorite art is medieval art. It's like a, a Where's Waldo of a hellscape. <laughs> and and I think more modern stories involving, involving like, gates to hell, like, actually have, like, a lot more, like, physical places, uh, like, buildings and stuff. I think a lot, or a lot more. And bridges. And bridges. A lot, a lot, a lot, lot of, of bridges. Bridge, a lot of bridges. And it's, it's so weird to me how disproportionately... There are more gates to hell than there are gates to heaven. It's like, it does not surprise me at all. There's always more of the bad thing than the good thing. Like, how, how are there so many more ways to get to a bad place than there are to a good place? And people seem to be taking way more effort into finding these gateways to the underworld and hell than finding someplace good. Like, beyond that, like, a lot of these make sense. Like, caves and bridges and stuff, those are real liminal spaces. And it seems that a lot of times paranormal activity occurs around liminal spaces. Like, think about a bridge is two roads. It's, in a way, an intersection. It's above and below. A cave, it's walkable, but it's below the earth. Just real liminal sort of existences. Yeah, but you also find, like, gates to hell in, like, the basement of, like, a bar. I've yet to find, like... You know, a gateway to heaven in the basement of a Dairy Queen. <laughs> like, like, I don't think that'd be where it'd be. I, I don't think that'd be where it'd be either. But like, you you would think there'd at least be something. But like, it's just it is staggering, staggering. I when I was doing the search for this, I did find references to gateways to heaven, but that wasn't what I was looking for, so I kind of ignored. Name it. Name one off the top of your head. I don't know. I just that's my problem. That wasn't even a trick. That's okay. Just, Mount Olympus. That's that. For, that's. That's you. That's taking a knee on this on this you, topic. Off the top of my head, it's hard to rattle off gateways to heaven. <laughs> I, I, but that's my point: is I'm trying to show that just the disproportionate amount of ways you can end up in a very very shitty place. Like, I, I why why do you think that is? Like, why do you think there are so There's many? There's always more of the bad than the good, man. There always are. It's just. Is it just harder to get to the good places? Yeah, of course it is. <sighs> they think about like the whole biblical allegory. Which one between heaven and hell is the easy one, and which one's the hard one? <sighs> like, I, I really feel like we should be investing our time into finding like a shortcut to heaven. <laughs> like, the, well, one of the things is like I'd I'd be surprised if any of them work outside of metaphor. And at that, like most of the gates of hell. It's pretty hard to confirm you can actually get to hell with them. Like That's... most of them are interesting legends that have a lot of paranormal stuff going on, but no one, none of them are. Oh yeah, I went to hell and came back, and it was it was great. It was, I, we it had was a, fine. We had a real nice time. We played checkers with the devil. <laughs> you know, he only cheated a few times. Uh, I wouldn't believe that. I wouldn't either. I wouldn't believe that at all. But okay, 
The one that I started focusing on is um, a lot of places have these seven gates to hell myths. And they're they're all over the place. Like, I found way more than I thought even existed. Because we actually have one here in Indiana. We do. Yeah. Um, are you familiar with it? Which one? Is this... Brazil, Indiana. Brazil, oh, is this Thousand Step Cemetery? No, no, no. That's Hundred Steps. Hundred Steps Cemetery. You're, you're 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 climbing the seven thousand <laughs> steps of high rock are over there. I'm trying to trying to lose weight apparently over here. No, no, but it's close to Hundred Steps Cemetery. Okay. Um, actually, if you guys have never investigated Hundred Step, it's a really neat place. But um, the Seven Gates of Hell in Brazil, Indiana. Oddly enough, I've never actually investigated, even though I've tried several times. I literally could not find the place. There, there's these county roads you have to go through, and I'll be driving down the road, and I cannot figure out which ones. I think it's like county road, like 2,600, and I just never found it. So I think there's three different times I've tried to investigate it and just ended up spending hours driving around. So, you know, if you think about, like, actually going out to do panel investigations, like, I think at the back of a lot of people's mind, there's always this theory maybe I'll actually see something or have something. I'm often surprised how often people go investigating some of these, like, gateways to hell. Not, you know, what? like, what What if you're oh, right? No, we, we actually had a plan for that. We don't go through the last gate. We're only going to go up to the sixth gate. I feel like I feel like gates to hell have to be, like, prison. Like, it's really easy to get into, but it's, like, really hard to get out. Like... Oh, and if anyone's a local to Brazil, Indiana, and you want to help me find this place, I would be all about that. Because, like I said, I've tried a few times. I cannot find him. You know, I had family that lived there for, like, years and years and years. Do you still have family that lived there? No, they moved down here to Evansville. Oh, I was going to say, could they help <laughs> me find this place? No, it's it's quite possible. But we've got, you know, we've got some time, you know, we've got some weeks coming up, but we, we're going to have a weekend off together, and we're going to go investigate someplace. We're not hey, sure where yet. Me and Ricky are going to be checking out the abandoned part of Leavenworth, Indiana. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think I'm supposed to go with you guys I'd on the Saturday. Come. Yeah. But, but okay. So a lot of places have these seven gates of hell myths. And they're usually fairly similar where you go through or you perform some sort of basic ritual at a certain time. And then you start driving through what's usually seven bridges. And you drive underneath each bridge or sometimes you drive over it. But each bridge is um, a, or a signifier of a gate of hell. And supposedly, as you go along, paranormal activity starts occurring more and more intensely as you come up to the final gate, the seventh gate. And when you get there, supposedly, like, uh, in some places, the myth is, like, you'll see a gateway open up and fire will be there. Or um, hellhounds will come out and attack your car and try to drag you in and all sorts of things like that. But the one that I found that kind of drew my attention for being fairly unique is the one in Collinsville, Illinois. Now, when it comes to the standard myth, first, uh, fortunately, this area has been mapped out by investigators. It, is, it does seem to be a fairly popular place with a fairly active paranormal group there. And you, what you do is you show up at the first gate at midnight on the dot. And you're supposed to like flash your lights and honk your horn, which is pretty common in a lot of them. That's the ritual to kind of begin the encounter. And then you drive through the first gate. The first one, supposedly not terribly paranormally active. Um, but by the time you get to the second and third, or no, the third and fourth one, and remember those two because those are going to be the important ones for most of this. That's when the paranormal activity is supposed to become pretty intense. And even when... Um, you're not doing the ritual. Supposedly, it's a really active paranormal hotspot all the time. Oddly enough, the, the final one 
is not. It's only supposed to be paranormally active when you're doing the ritual. But apparently, like, if you just go out there on a regular investigation, you won't see anything. So, like, what's the ritual? Do you just go out and just say, like... Devil, 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 three no, times, no, 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 and then no, no, it pops no. the, out. The, the flash of lights honk your horn, drive through the gate. That, oh, okay, that, that's, okay. I don't mean, like, ritual as in, like, a high magic ritual. I mean, just a ritual as in, like, the thing that initiates Oh, it. boo, that's so anti-dramatic. That's so anti-dramatic, anti-climatic of, like, you just flash your lights and just drive. There's no, like, chanting, like, pledging your soul to, like, the Dark Lord, Voldemort. <laughs> no, no, it's just a real simple way to get the whole thing started. That sounds like a really way too easy way to end up in hell <laughs> yeah yeah i guess you could and, and a lot of these are within close proximity to each other and i guess you might just find yourself yeah. naturally driving through them but then again it's again going back to my prison analogy it's probably really really super easy to get to but there's probably like a super elaborate ritual to get out and there's probably something where like like a contract with the devil there has to be like intention to signing it as well you just can't be this spastic driving up just like flashing your lights just like yeah. out of nowhere driving up but at this point, it's pretty similar to pretty much all the other stories about the seven gateways of hell that you'll find in pretty much every state. There's a reason why I picked this one to do, though. Because when I was researching, I found out uh, there's some odd stuff that goes on around this area, particularly the, between the third and fourth gateway. You know, and this has to be good because before... Like, I thought coming into this episode, like, as of, like, all the way up to, like, last night, that we were going to do Stall, Kansas. Like, we were going to revisit Stall, Kansas. So this has to be been good to just change your mind. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I had a lot of other stuff I was preparing for this one. But then, like, a few things caught my attention. I'm like, no, I'm I'm shifting gears. I'm doing this. Because uh, the way I found this one is I was just kind of refreshing myself on the story of uh, Brazil, Indiana. And happened to have come across this by accident. Mm. But, Okay. The area particularly around the second and the, or sorry, the third and the fourth, I keep saying second. Um, it's really well known for occultic activity in that area. Um, a lot of the normal staples of there being bonfires out there at night, people seeing strange people gathering around the bridge, um, people hearing like odd sounds coming from the woods, chanting, things along those lines. Kind of the normal, this area has occult activity stuff. But it doesn't stop there. Um, there's also this black car around there that if there's stuff going on, it'll try to chase you off. Uh, locals say that there are often a suspiciously high amount of dead animals in the area. Like, way, way more than any place else. Way more than the place would rationally have. Um, and But beyond that, there are some murders. <laughs> some very occulty-seeming murders. Culty murders. Okay. I'm going to start you off with the first one, and you tell me if this strikes you as being particularly odd. Let me pull it up real fast. Okay. In July, on July 20th, 1990, a woman was found in the area that's almost exactly the midway between the third and fourth bridge. Uh, she was found in a field. She was killed, but there were no defensive wounds on her. Um, her uterus and fallopian tubes oh. had been removed. Oh. And even though they were able to get the face, they could never match it with someone. They did not match the uh, the description of anyone reported missing. Oh, that is so creepy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, guys, you would also also not be just so surprised. Like, again, you know some of the like the weird just places of the internet? There, There is often rumored when it comes to a lot of these rituals, there's a lot of 
people that it's rumored that they are essentially like grown and bred or raised to be sacrificed essentially in a lot of these rituals. Oh, yeah, it, yeah, it, hostage it, child. Yeah, it comes up way more often than you guys think. Yeah, this is actually a thing in the occult going back some way. And there's these rumors that it still goes on. Beyond that, there there are there is like some uh this area is not like not this immediately immediate area, but the surrounding area there have been rings of basically uh, people being kidnapped and stuff like that. But I just thought it was first. Let, let, let's break this down real quick. They it's not often that the police have like a face of a person, like they know exactly what the person looks like, and can't identify them. They normally go through missing persons and then match it up. But no one ever reporting this person going missing is very peculiar. Like, unless you're smuggling someone in from outside the country where they wouldn't have access to the missing person files, it'd be very odd for that to just happen. Beyond that, no defensive wounds is very odd. Um, like, if they just drug someone out, they're kind of like thinking about the normal cult movie where they're dragging the person out there and the person's, like, fighting a bit and getting scratched up and stuff like that. No, this person's body besides some of the missing organs was fairly pristine and you'd be surprised how many stories involving rituals you'll find essentially stories of willing sacrifices i mean that so it's well uh, I, that, that's the question is this someone who um like was sacrificed willingly or is this someone who um had been basically like a hostage child where they were grown for the purposes of ritual sacrifice or raised for the purpose of ritual sacrifice. Or a favor got called in and, you know, time to pay your dues. <laughs> time to pay your dues. I, or did knows? they drug someone? Made someone disappear, drug them so they didn't fight back? <clears throat> but either way, like, this would require a good deal of occult influence as well as infrastructure. Is this still accessible to, like... Get near these bridges, like you get there kinda, today. Kind of, um, you can, but they've they've moved like rocks under the uh, under the entrances, so it's harder to get there now. But you can still get there. Okay, like because like I'm thinking of like the the goat, like the goat man, like out in Louisville, like yeah. under the bridge that's there. Like they, so many people were dying around that. They put up a fence in order to keep people from ending up there, so that they wouldn't end up getting killed or lured there or whatever. I'm just. I'm surprised that they haven't done more of an effort in order to, like, keep people from getting to there. Actually, I tried to reach out to the local police to get some answers on this. Um, first, like, apparently this falls into an area where the Collinsville police station doesn't cover it, so I got transferred to another police station. And the police, the police station over the area seems to be very, very, very small. Like, uh, they had to, the only person they said they could even transfer me to would be the dispatch. And hopefully this, the dispatch person could help me get in contact with someone. And, and she, she was a perfectly nice lady, and she gave me a number. She's like, well, maybe this person will pick up. They're a detective. Maybe they can answer your questions. But I, I, they, I just never got in contact with them. I called them several times, but I, and they're a detective. They're probably busy. That's shady as hell, man. I don't know. I, if they're a small enough police station, maybe they just couldn't spare a person. Dude, murders, in, dude, murders are known statewide. When well, things true. like that go down. And when the first one happened, um, or when I called the first group, uh, I did give them the information, and she said, well, I'm not really sure if I can help you. Mm -hmm. 
Um, she, I don't know if she, I, I kind of assumed that she was just unfamiliar with it mm-hmm. and just transferred me on to a, someplace more local. Yeah, I mean, a murder that happens in Nowheresville, Illinois, which again, I'm not putting anything down in the town or anything, but like, is going to attract state attention when something like that happens in a place where it's not known to happen. So and I'm, I would think extra so with it being such, first, such a peculiar murder. Yeah. It's, and it being connected to like some of this occultic stuff, but... I don't know. I'm gonna. She she was nice. I'll give her the benefit of the doubt that she wasn't <laughs> trying to hide anything from me. She literally just seemed to be surprised that someone from a podcast was calling her because I and I always started out with, "Hey, I'm doing research for a podcast." Which good good advice by the way. You'd be surprised how oftentimes uh, like law enforcement is very willing to talk about, um, you know, whether or not if you can go investigate a place, you can't go investigate a place, but they know about a particular area. So it's a, it's a lot of it's a resource people should use. Oh, yeah, they, they are they are a great tool to use. I definitely recommend. Um, like when we're going out, like. We usually ask Ricky to, yeah, <laughs> to kind of schmooze with the, the local officers or, or and Adam connections I'm, or Adam. Like, yeah, yeah. like you guys can talk to the cops. We'll just come along. It's like <laughs> I, I'm going to do the book research. Yeah. Although I, I've seen Adam freeze up with a cop before, <laughs> and I'm not going to say I haven't either. Though yeah. cops make me nervous sometimes, but I, they shouldn't. They're nice. So, but, uh, were there other murders that are going on around this time? Okay. Like I said, since I wasn't able to connect with anyone there, I wasn't able to get confirmation on some of these things. Now, there's another story of there being a second murder a year later. And I couldn't get the exact month. It was just said a year later where a body was found hanging not far from, uh, I think it was the third bridge, and the third bridge was set on fire. Now, it's a concrete bridge, so you can't, you're not going to do any damage to the bridge by setting it on fire, right? But... Well, no, yeah, no, but you can still you can still leave an accelerant on it and still yep. light it on fire. But you, and you can also destroy physical evidence. That's true. You can power wash that off pretty much. Yeah. So what the the assumption is, um, this person was likely sacrificially killed at the bridge, hung up in the woods nearby, and then they just kind of maltov the bridge to destroy any evidence. Uh, no, but there's very little information on this one. Um, no. Uh, I know we're a little late into the episode, guys. Uh, this episode may not be safe for work. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just thinking, oh, maybe we should have put a disclaimer at the beginning of this episode that we might be talking about some much more darker themes than what we normally talk um, about. Yeah. Because uh, we're, we're, on, we're on bridge three and four. We haven't even got to, like, six or seven. No, when, no it, doesn't when, get, it doesn't get worse. Oh, it doesn't get worse? No. Oh, okay. So, wait, as far as we know, because we're just on bridge three and four... <laughs> I'm starting to get kind of concerned what may happen after that. Okay, okay. It, it does get worse. I did not find report uh, reports of it. Oh my gosh! It, it's like the it's like the end of the ninth gate movie with Johnny Depp, where you don't know what happens when he gets to the ninth gate. You just assume he ends up in hell, and he just seems happy with it. Oh, I love that movie. I do too. It's a good movie. But okay, so not a lot is known about that one. We don't have a date on it, but we do on the first. And here's one of the weird things. It's apparently so- associated with. Um, Okay, sourcing this holiday has been very hard. I put a fair deal of legwork into it. The article that I'd read, and a lot of the people who've pointed it out to me, have sourced it as being a satanic holiday called High Climax. Now, I went to the official um, like Satanism website and looked through the list of their holidays. There is no holiday on there called High Climax. Now, what I think it is... Oh, wait. Actually, I think it was Grand Climax. Sorry. My bad, guys. Um, but there was no um, 
no holiday called that on there. So I'm thinking like they're not when they say Satanists, they're not talking about like the official Anton LaVey Church of Satan. I think they mean like more like the Luciferian cults that we hear like, about from time to time. Like real Satanists. Yeah, not, not, not the ones that see, because if you guys don't know. We're talking like real, like legit devil worshiping Satanists. Yeah, like, okay, the Anton LaVey Church of Satan, they, from what I've, the people that I've talked to involved in it have told me that they don't necessarily even believe in the devil. They see it as a figurehead for rebellion and things along those lines. And that's how they perceive it. I'm thinking they're talking about, like, true believer Luciferian cults here. Because uh, High climax, high climax or Grand Climax and the um, associate holidays around it are about gathering people for sacrifice. Also, why would you post that on a regular website for people to see? Well, for the most... Okay, I, I've interviewed a few Satanists over the years. Wait, real ones or fake ones? No, like, like actual, like... I belong to the, or the people who belong to the Church of Satan, like, okay. uh, like Anton LaVey. Okay. And for the most part, they don't really strike me as the sort of people who are going to be out there sacrificing them. I, like, uh, for, for college, I was told to, um, for one of my philosophy classes, I was told to go out, attend a religious service, and then write a paper on it. I didn't want to do one that was going to just get lost with everyone else's. So I found, I tracked down a Church of Satan and they let me attend a black mass. I didn't get to go. You wouldn't have liked it. I, I, I know I wouldn't have liked it. Now, I didn't participate or anything, but... Uh, I, okay, to any Satanists out there, don't be offended. I found the whole ritual to be a little cheesy. Like, Well, they do that on purpose. I think they're trying to be cheesy in a lot of these things. Okay, then, then I guess I'm not offending anyone. Yeah. But it was basically just kind of a reverse regular mass. And then everyone came up and said someone they wanted to wish vengeance on. And then it was everyone just sitting around and chatting with each other till everyone went home. It was, it was very, it was very vanilla. It was in, it was an interesting experience, but I don't believe those people are out there kidnapping and sacrificing people. I think we're talking about true believers. They believe Lucifer is going to come back and wreck everything sort of believers. And they're willing to, sacrifice people for it but it's not that i did not find any references to this actually being a thing like um i found a site that's uh based on survivors of a cult or for survivors of occult attacks and survivors of people who have been in cults mm -hmm. and they had a list of holidays that um basically as a warning things that this is something that happens out there and it was mentioned on there and i found it mentioned on a few other sites but the description I got of it is this is the time of year where you gather people up for a sacrifice. And this was on the first day of it. Um, and it, it it matches up. Like The article I read said that it matched up. When I did the legwork, it matched. Well, again, if this is just the first day, if there's something you have to do like throughout the rest of this, it's probably even worse. Um, yeah. Because day one's not your climax, probably. No, no. That's, it's not going to be the grand climax. If this is occult-related, which I think it is... Um, I think it was initiation for the rest of the holiday. And I think it, this holiday, based on what I, what information I was able to get, which was very limited, um, and realize this aspect of the cult is not my bread and butter. Satanism, Luciferianism is not something that I'm heavily invested in doing a lot of research into, but I do know a little bit about it, but it seems like it was a initiation ritual leading up to a female sacrifice which makes sense with what was removed. Well, if you're, again, if you're going to be having a secret cult, you, they don't, those kinds of people, they don't post all of their stuff online. 
the the type of ways that they spread their message is typically through you know thumb drives external hard drives and stuff that they share with other people so it's not going to be something that you can just google you know grand climax to find like you know a through b how to do their particular rituals and stuff like i've like i've seen a handoff before from one person i'm pretty sure it was into some pretty dark stuff to another person and they're only going to give it to somebody again who they particularly trust and again on some and again it's understood that you do not post this to the general public yeah and it would make sense that if it is going to leak it's going to uh, leak from a survivor page Mm -hmm. where it's people who have been in that lifestyle and gotten out or were survivors of that sort of thing Uh, which is where i found a lot of the information on right but like i said i don't think we're talking about the regular garden variety satanists here i think we're talking about something much more extreme yeah much more darker much more in much more in the shadows what do you think i'm kind of worried about if this is what we know they're doing around the third and fourth bridge i'm kind of wondering what the hell goes on in the fifth and sixth bridges and if there's more stuff going on as it goes deeper in i haven't been able to find it unfortunately this is this is about where my trail of information ended it's just after seeing the murder that occurred there, how it matches up with stuff, I could not pass on this being our topic. Well, when it, when it, when it comes to this kind of knowledge, people are generally only going to give this kind of knowledge to somebody that they trust. So usually you're having to do some sort of like legwork or some sort of advance. I mean, again, go back again to the movie The Ninth Gate, like through the whole thing. That has an example of a bunch of like, you know, puffy Satan worshippers or whatever that are just all hanging out in robes and being all cheesy. And then you got like the legit dude trying to do something and he's just not even giving these other guys until like the time of day. Like the legwork this dude's putting in. Yeah, you're not going to share this information with the uninitiated. But think about it compared to some of the other rumors like the black car that'll chase you off. That's likely probably initiate that's on guard duty that's trying to keep people from accidentally stumbling upon a ritual. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. lots of stories of other being bonfires in the area and just lots and lots of dead animals. I mean, think about our Purple Church video. Like, these can be signs of occultic activity. Now, I wish I had more information on specifically what sort of animals and stuff like that because we were kind of able to get an idea of what sort of cult was, out, was likely out there based on the animals they're sacrificing. Now, unfortunately, in this one, we don't have that information. And maybe there are more intense things that happen further in. But the question is, do we think that there is seriously a cult out there that's engaging in human sacrifice? I think there is an attempt by people to do something serious. Again, if we go back to our, if we go back to our story of the, the Purple Church, um, again, you can even do that with this. I mean, there's there's clear evidence of people trying to do some sort. They're, they're trying to do something. And this place makes you sense know. to be a target because if there's a rumor that this is a gate of hell, these people are probably doing some sort of ritual yeah. to try to open it. But that tr- would be my guess. But truthfully, again, I, I, but I, I think the people that are like legit trying to do something for nefarious like that are that are that are like legit serious i mean i'm not saying murdering somebody's not serious but i mean like for super like occult practices and stuff i i think there's probably more going on there but again i i see a lot of the stuff that that we're hearing about here with the animals and the one murder in 1990 as smoke 
But I believe where there's smoke, there's probably fire. Like, for the Purple Church one, I knew a bit about the occult practices underlying what I thought was going on there. Unfortunately, like, my knowledge of, like, Christian magic, if you want to use that word, starts with Agrippa's three books of occult philosophy and pretty much ends at the works of John Dee. And that's not the world's most exhaustive study. So I'm not sure what symbolically it would mean to them to remove a woman's reproductive organs and kill her. I can make a guess at it, but I, I would assume it's an anti-fertility right or the claiming of the sacred innocence. I'd assume it's something along those lines. But like I said, I'm not an expert when it comes to like people who worship Lucifer. It's not something <laughs> I it's not something I study. I, I usually study more um, <laughs> medieval European occultic practices. Like I, I know a few like <laughs> rituals they did to make grain grow better. <laughs> now now I you know, I, I treat these bridges in the story as a cautionary tale for people that when you go investigating stuff in the paranormal 99% of the time you find nothing. You find a very yep. cool story. You find some really cool history. Like I like to say you have a fun night in a graveyard. Yeah. Every once in a while you'll come across something that you go, you know, there may be something to this, <laughs> you know. And and sometimes you have to be careful because sometimes when you go when you when you delve into this, you can find yourself in some very dangerous situations. Like going, like going out to say to do, to do a bridge because you want to, you know, scare your friends or something like that. The next thing you know, you see a massive bonfire of people in robes and a black car chasing you. Yeah, I'll be pretty brave when it comes to the paranormal. When it comes to cultists, I don't like to be around them. Yeah, you can, I, I kind of just say, thing. let's scoot. <laughs> yep, let's go. And it is one of my top fears. It is uh, birds, drowning, and then cults. <laughs> I'm being abducted by a cult. Okay, but here's here's my theory on this: that they've like that there at least at one point was a cult out there, probably in the '90s, possibly before the '90s, because there's some darkness going back on this place. That they've chosen this area because of its association with being a gate to hell, whether true or not. That they are working their way from the outer gate to the inner gate, trying to open each one. That they are at at least during the '90s were working their way through the second, uh, third, fourth ones, and that's why a lot of the activity is there. I would assume either the cult became defunct, or they be they became much better at hiding their practices, or they've simply moved further on and have just not been caught. That they. The, what's they've learned from their past lessons and what they're doing now hasn't shown up on like police records and made it the story hasn't made it to the rest of us but i definitely am willing to say i think there were cultists in this area doing nefarious things i don't know if they're there now i'm not a local i'm interested in checking out this location but it is a drive and i might run into cultists which is not my favorite thing to run into and Promise, cultists can have guns. Ghosts don't have guns. Cult, cultists can't. Actually, cultists have, like, guns and <laughs> knives and probably bad attitudes. Uh, I'm not that worried about the knives and bad attitude. I'm worried about the guns. <laughs> I, I'm worried about the bad attitude because that's what's... Pro they have a murderous attitude. Like, 
like bo a Bigfoot might knock over a tree and try to hit you with it. And yeah, I, that's a situation you should get out of. But someone pulling out a gun and shooting you. <laughs> like humans are the most dangerous animal. I, think, I don't want to screw with them. Yeah. I, I think one of my top things in life is not being sacrificed to the devil. Yeah, yeah. That's a good <laughs> yeah, goal to have. That's, that's a good, good goal in life to have. So uh, that's basically my final thoughts on. Do you do you have anything yeah. you want to throw in uh, on that? My takeaway from this is, if you look at modern Gates to Hell as compared to um, ancient Gates to Hell, ancient Gates to Hell all involve some sort of physical, like natural place that that humanity cannot control. Like that's just where it is. The gods have made it. Like this is the place that's there. You know, it's like some sort of volcano or thing or whatever. Modern Gates to Hell, like play, this place out in Illinois, these bridges out in Illinois, to me show that these gateways can be man-made. There is a people's intention of what you are trying to do. There's just this huge part of like it can that it can essentially be made anywhere. You know that that, that darkness can be made. And not maybe not even necessarily just in some sort of major city or something like that. It can be made in the backyard of Poduck Nowhere. Like I feel like since we've been doing this channel, I've been slowly piecing together the greater picture of these cults that seem to pop up in the rural parts of America. And it's not that clear yet. If you guys have any information you want to throw at us, even if it's pieces, even if it's vague, Please pitch it to us. Like I said, I've been trying to put together this image for a while, and I'd love to have a clear picture. Like, okay, I know we're getting over on time, but I want to yeah, share we, something. We, we, we can go as much as we need to. Okay, I'm going to be real vague on this, guys, because this is an ongoing investigation I've been working on for a long time. Uh, here in Evansville, there's a rumor of this cult group. I'm not going to specifically say what it is. If I ever make progress on this case, I'll probably share it with you guys here. But I've been trying to find them for like seven years. And every time I get close, like I, I just lose it. Every time I someone finally sends me a location to check it out, it's abandoned by the time I get there. Every time I make a contact, they'll start talking to me and then they'll cut me loose. I've been trying to look into it for a while, but I have not made headway in quite some time. Like stuff like this I find very fascinating. But well, it is. They are a stubborn, secretive group. Well, and that's again, one of the reasons I don't want to say their name. Well, these real, these groups, I mean, groups like these have been around for thousands of years. They, for thousands of years, they have been, you know, staying, staying in the shadows with only the, the, the trusted people knowing the information as to who they are and, and what they do. I very much see the appeal of many of these rural communities of things like that. If you've ever been to a rural community, there's a strong sense of community and distrust of people that are not from said community. That That's very appealing to, I think, to a cult, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know. and beyond that, guys, I'm not going to buzz in there with guns if I find them. It's like I'm just a really curious person, and I've, just, I've found enough information to confirm that it is very likely they exist. And now I want to know more. That's just I'm just one of those people that's like that. I'm I'm more curious than I am wise. And, and, and these kind of cults that do these sorts of things, I mean, they, it's it's a top down thing. I mean, you can see examples of these from everywhere, of middle of nowhere America, all the way up to the political elite. Bohemian Grove, ring a bell to anybody out there, oh, or yeah. stuff like that. I mean, you can just, it's just it's pervert. It's everywhere, you know. 
And it, it's it's almost scary sometimes how Do you everywhere it's the same it is. organization. No, I think there's different organ. I think there's di- I think there's I think it's different groups working for various means. Maybe towards the same th- maybe towards the same entity. Maybe not towards the same entity. I don't know. But I think at the end of the day, many of the practices are still there. The- oh, something I didn't get a chance to mention earlier in the video because I forgot. These bridges covered with occultic icons. They're kind of disguised as graffiti. And if you just take a quick look, you'd be like, oh, there's just a lot of graffiti. But no, tons of occultic symbols. Yeah, probably hidden in plain sight. Somebody driving past it probably just think that's just some sort of gang symbol from some sort of like, you know, local troubled teen or whatever. And rather than it being like a weird cultic symbol drawn on by people in robes. Well, and one of the interesting things is to the random person, it looks like gibberish. To someone who's initiated into these ideas, it's a wall of information. Like I almost wonder if it's something that they use to communicate with each other. Oh, I can guarantee. I can guarantee you. I mean, there there's so many different groups where they use like hidden iconography. Homeless people use it all the time mm-hmm. to leave to leave. Uh, and where are those hobo symbols? Yeah. Oh. Like from uh, what was it from the 30s, 40s? Yeah, they would leave like particular like etchings on the outside of either houses or establishments to let each other know like either if a place was dangerous or if they could get something that was from there. So, I mean, I, this is just practices that have just been carried on. I mean, these are, and they're very effective. I mean, they just are. I mean, they're very, they're, here we are thousands of years later, and there are many groups we probably don't even know their real name. Yeah, and I know these, these practices go at least as far back as um, the cult of Dionysus, uh, where you're using these secret symbols. Mm-hmm. And that was during the Hellenistic era. But yeah, I think this is, I mean, I know we could go on for this for a while, but I think that we have touched on a lot of different stuff. Definitely for this episode, guys, leave your guys' thoughts on what you guys think on this topic uh, in the comments below. And I'm not kidding, guys. If you have some clues, I could use them. <laughs> let us know what you, let us know what you guys think. Um, for our uh, for our patrons today, one of the things that I thought we could talk about would be something kind of newer uh, in the paranormal, uh, the the Gotthard Tunnel in Switzerland. I kind of stumbled upon this, and I think this would be kind of a cool uh, topic for, for us to talk about there. Um, I, I'm kind of glad that you're taking over on this, because I'm slowly going from, you know, nice, cheerful Vic to oh, I know. We I'm, took I'm, a, I'm paranormally obsessed Vic. We took a dark turn quick, you know. So I'm sorry if this got a little dark, guys. I mean, it's just it's hard not to when you're talking about this kind of stuff. But still, we love you guys. Yeah. Um, but again, if you guys want to check out the rest of this episode, uh, go over to our Patreon and, and sign up and become a patron. Um, that way you guys can get the rest of all of our episodes. We usually go for another 15 to 20 minutes. Um, we could even go longer today when I bring up my topic. I don't know. But uh, but until next time, guys, keep believing. Because we'll keep listening. Okay, so what are we covering in the extended right. segment? Before we get into the extended segment... I want you pour me some of this wine and don't you be stinting on this because this is. Deli- I mean, you've only had like one small delicious. glass, and I've downed most of the bottle. All more the reason you should be giving me more. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. There, All there right. we go. I'm there we go. Now you are sharing. Sharing is caring when it comes to alcohol. Thank you. I went to kindergarten. I know the importance <laughs> of sharing. <laughs> All right. So. I thought we would get into uh, something kind of new. I mean, when you when you look at a lot of stories about like gates to hell and all that, they're you know they've been around for a good while. I mean, 
I mean, hell, the one Vic did. I mean, yours was what back from like the nineteen what seventies, sixties, as far back as it probably goes. Nineteen nineties is where most 90s. of the big information comes up. But the rumors go back way yeah. before that. So I, I wanted something kind of newer. So I, I I stumbled upon this looking through YouTube, and I found something called the Got Hard Tunnel. That got hard. I got hard tunnel. It's G O T T H A R D. And I've heard everything from from Goddard, Goddard, got hard, like however you want to say it. Okay, get it, get it's, it a, out. it's a very sexual name get it, for a tunnel. Get it out. Get it. Get it out. Of your, well, get it out of your system. No, that's all I need to say on it. It's just okay. a very sexual name okay. for a tunnel. Welcome to the grown ups table, Vic. <laughs> <laughs> I know we're laughing about you're it. One to, you're one to talk. I know. I know. And. Uh, it was it it was very weird. So if you guys don't know what this tunnel is in two, in in 2016, uh, it, it's essentially the world's longest and deepest tunnel that's ever created. 